Black Girl Squeak. This is the podcast where we celebrate Black femme genius with a Squeak! <laughs> I'm your co-host, Dee Dee. I go by Dust Daughter on the social medias. And I am your other co-host, Enda. I am at Enda's Corner on the Twitters. And we've got our special guest, D. <laughs> if you listen to Nergasm Noir Network, and which you should, you will hear her. You know her. You love her. And she is our guest for this episode. Um, you can find Black Girl Squeak on Twitter. We have a Tumblr. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Podcasts. Um, our email address is blackgirlsweet at gmail.com. And uh, you can also add our RSS feed to your favorite podcatcher by looking up looking it up at blackgirlsweet.simplecast.com. Right. So... Every episode, we let you know from the door, we have a spoiler policy, and the policy is that we spoil shit, mm-hmm. and we're not sorry, mm-hmm. so you've been warned. Uh, we also squee really loud. You've already heard that. We cuss a lot. You haven't heard that yet. <laughs> talk about it. You're going to hear about it. Yes. Um, again, we're not sorry. We are grown. We're grown. Yay! I'm sorry for laughing, but that again is going to get me every single time. (laughs) So, um, one last note. We missed our anniversary again. So, happy five-year anniversary to us. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) We do this every year. We do this every year. So, we're just bad about celebrating ourselves. Yeah. But um, you know, uh-huh. happy anniversary to us. We've been doing this for five years. Still haven't actually hugged each other's neck yet. Yeah. That needs to happen. Yeah. But um But we'll 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 survive the runa first and you know please get our vaccination yes. and then you know, have money to travel, I guess. Right. So, so uh, that ends our our housekeeping. Now we will move into our squeeworthy news. Enda. All right. So, in our first item in squeeworthy news, uh, Cory Bush defeats an incumbent, William um, Lacey Clay, in St. Louis's Democratic primary. She was an activist, a Ferguson activist, and a victory in the primary was counted as a win for the progressive movement. Because, yeah, Lord knows we need to get some of these Democrats out of here, too. Because, oh, wow. Anyway, she joined Amazing. protesting. <laughs> exactly. She joined protesters after the murder of Michael Brown and continued to demand justice for George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. And um, if Cory Bush gets elected to the House, she'll be the first Black woman to represent the state of Missouri in Congress. So, yeah, I think she's among a few... Black women who've been winning their primaries around the country, too. And I think a lot of them do have more of a progressive agenda. I really hope so. And also just wanted to add, I think it's in Kansas, about four Native American women um, also won their primaries. And they're, um, 
they're in um, the for Congress as well. So really looking to see how this all plays out and hope that, you know, fingers crossed, this is all for the better. But uh, for Cori Bush, we give a big Oh my gosh, yeah, we need we need to shake up these incumbents in the house and especially the Senate. Yes. Because the Senate is overrun with these hard ass Republicans Ooh. that don't want to push nothing through mm-hmm. except stuff that helps big businesses or whatever. Or lines their pockets, but anyway. Um our next story is about Viola Davis. She is developing an adaptation of Octavia Butler's Wild Seed. And uh, the novel will be reimagined as a TV series for Amazon Studios. And this is going through Juvie Productions, which is, of course, um, Julius Tennant's and Viola Davis's production company. And it's part, not pet. Um, <laughs> here. I don't, that's. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, author Nedia Korafor will write the series, and Wanuri Kahu, uh, who directed Rafiki, will direct the series. So, yes. Hmm. That's going to be interesting. I read that book. I hate the main male Yeah, I forget his name. I, forget I guess he's the name, antagonist yeah, of the whole thing. Doro. He's yeah. the worst. Yeah, he, he is. Doro. Doro. Yeah. I will never not remember Doro's name because he is a monster. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you're supposed. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you're. Yeah, he's. he's... He's terrible. Right. Mm-hmm. Like even in the even in the um description that they put in, they called it a love hate yeah. relationship. Oh, so But I'm excited about seeing that. I want to see how that goes. Yeah. Oh, I want to see who they cast. So many good people to cast. Me too. Right. So um this is the second. Um, Octavia Butler project uh, that's going to be developed as a TV series. Remember, uh, Victoria Mahoney and Ava DuVernay are mm-hmm. working on Dawn to yes. turn that into a television series. So Yay. exciting! Yep. <laughs> we need more Octavia, less JK. Yes. <laughs> so to Viola Davis. And uh, Wanuri and Nnedi, uh, we give a big scream! All right. I feel like I'm singing. I feel like it's the soul trade. <laughs> hey! <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, next um, in the News, Danielle Brooks is going to star as Mahalia Jackson in a story at Lifetime. Uh, Danielle Brooks, of course, she's a Tony nominee and she's a Grammy winner. And she's set to play Mahalia Jackson in a biopic for Lifetime. And they also recently made the movie about the Clark sisters, which from what I hear should have been a mini series. Cause I mean, come on now. But um, looks like Robin Roberts and Linda Bergman will direct or Kenny Leon will direct. Uh, so. Yeah, Danielle Brooks, the thing is, yeah, I, I can see this. I can actually see her doing Mahalia Jackson, even though 
her singing voice I don't think is exactly that um in that um that range I mean I think mm-hmm. she could still like pull off the role you know convincingly. Right. so yeah I'm looking forward to that because always looking forward to more Danielle Brooks because we love her so to Danielle Brooks we give a big okay last but not least we have a story about Angelica Ross um, one of our faves uh, she has signed an overall development deal with a production company called Pigeon um, and and with them she will produce scripted and non-scripted content um, some information about Pigeon. Uh, they are a production company that's behind Yanla Fix My Life, which is aired on OWN Network. Um, and full, disclo- full disclosure, they are also working with the Joe Biden campaign as part of its LGBTQ plus out for Biden campaign. So uh, drop from that what you will. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, at this point, I'm I'm not mad to be honest. At this point, I'm just not because I mean, come on. I I just want the best for Angelica, and if that means that we'll get see her, um, you know, developing more things and maybe see more of her on screen. I mean, we're also we're gonna. She <laughs> hasn't given up her job at American Horror Story. Yeah. Um, uh, should have got an Emmy nomination for Pose, but we'll talk about mm-hmm. that later. Mm. And mm, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, ready. I like it. I like it. Yeah, but, um, but I just you know, as long as she keeps getting her checks and I keep getting to see her, um, that's what's up. So to Angelica Ross, we give a big. <laughs> and now I'm gonna take a trip to in this corner. All right. So um, this past week, um, Jamila Woods dropped uh, Sula, a paperback in, um, what is that? Not quotation. A single, I think. Parentheses. <laughs> Parentheses, yeah. yes. It's just a single, but you know, it's, it's lovely. And of course, it is inspired by Toni Morrison. And if you um, remember the last album she did, Legacy, Legacy, all inspired by great Black women who have inspired her. So... Uh, you should definitely go to a band camp, check that out. I'm going to skip this and save it for last. And also, <laughs> no, yeah, we have to. Oh, you, she don't want me to start singing again, because I will. <laughs> We're just saving it for a second. You're just going to have to wait for a second. You, you, we'll let you sing in a second. <laughs> Bye. Okay. Uh, also, Victoria Monet finally released her debut album, Jaguar. Victoria Monet, she's been like writing, producing. I think she's been doing this for other people for some time. And she has yeah. um, done some singles before that were really good too. And uh, this is her first album. So it was kind of highly anticipated. So congratulations to her on that. Chica uh, also released a single. It is a single, right? You should. <clears throat> okay, yeah. yeah. She's. It's really cute, and yeah. you know she's singing to a girl. So, oh yeah, oh, it. Like she's the one. She had a Calvin Klein campaign, didn't she? Something mm-hmm. not too I'm long not. ago. I think it is. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Uh, and also, Brandy released her album B7. Thing is, been hearing some things about it because uh, there's some language on there that is highly problematic and is also yeah I heard it's very very 1996 yeah oh no and also using um using ableist language and shit mm-hmm. that's the whole issue so yeah but and so like it's kind of it's kind of sad because so many people uh you know I know love Brandy respect you know her entire career and then they kind of got hit in the face with this so so I'm thinking there are some mixed feelings about it because you know she's Brandy, but it's also like, girl, we need some, <laughs> you know, you to you know check yourself on some things. But okay, but of course the uh, big, <laughs> the big news in music uh, this week um, about earlier in the week, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion just kind of teased a collaboration, and then of course. Min, the Friday Midnight Drop, WAP. If you don't know what that stands for, wet ass pussy. You're right. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not a swear or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, it's the wrong. That's the wrong letter. It's the, the... well because what? they well in the song they say wet ass gushy. You know they censor it. Yeah, that that yeah that that's on the YouTube version on yeah. the explicit version. Yes, yeah. right. Yeah, but still, I mean, either way, come on, we good at this. But of course, you know, they gave us some visuals, gave us the song, and it, save for one part, it was it really was just this huge, you know, <laughs> this huge, you know, black girl magic, black girl celebration. <laughs> right, right. Just, Right. It gave us just a yeah. little too much Kylie Jenner. Just oh, so as soon much. as you said, well, save for one part that right. that, that yeah. sweet old that sweet old auntie. Well, I don't want to hurt that poor girl's feelings, but right, bless her heart. Bless yeah, her heart. bless her heart. But it's like no, it's like I ever say. I know why she was there, but there was still no reason because I mean, seriously, no reason. There was it. It she, just she don't rap, she don't sing, she don't dance. She barely models. Why she there? <laughs> Well, the reason that she's there is because when the video was shot, she was friends with Meg. Right. Do you think that's still the case? Mm, probably not. Yeah, because uh, I mean, we'll talk about on. it later. We'll talk about it later. But of course, Meg said, you know, after she got shot, she just felt she felt like so many of her friends just like betrayed her. <laughs> And I'm wondering if that's one of them. Cause... Well, because we'll, we'll get into that later. Yes. Because mm-hmm. I definitely want to talk about that. Because yeah. I, yes. I have feels about it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. But uh, yeah, yeah, the song it is a bop. Yeah, and it if is. You're not running around um, talking about some hoes in your house, like out of the blue for no reason because that part is just stuck in your head then I don't I don't know you I don't understand you I don't... somebody somebody said how is kids bop gonna make <laughs> it can't happen and then somebody retweeted him with there's some chores in this house. 
So the bad part is tomorrow while I'm cleaning up like my bathroom and stuff, that's what I'm gonna be singing in my head. <laughs> Me too. Like, Me there's too. Some chores in this house. There's some chores in this house. There's some chores. But I'm gonna get but you know what? I'm gonna get shit done. Yay. <laughs> Oh my god, y'all. I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's like also, I don't know who giving who is giving these kids this this editing software because they are way too quick on it. They are so quick on it. The the edits that came out were hilarious. They literally, like when a video comes out, they download the video and then immediately just start coming up with Memes. go to town and it is oh this was so hilarious the one let me tell you one of my favorites though they spliced Viola Davis dancing the dental right even at the end of the- <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, the like, like put her in the Kylie part yep yep mm-hmm. okay but also uh Cardi I need Cupcake and Baby Mother on the remix thank you good night uh yeah I have a feeling the remix or the song that she's planning on, because she said also that she was trying to make a ladies' night sort of inspired song, mm-hmm. where it's like basically a bunch of female rappers get together and they have fun rapping on a song. Which I mean, that's a hundred percent my shit. That's, um, yeah. So like, I wonder. It's either going to be the re- They're either. Gonna, <laughs> it's either going to be the remix to this because this one is so popular. They have to come out with the remix. Yeah. Right. Or it's going to be that song. That they're probably gonna get cupcake. They're gonna get cupcake and baby mother on it. They have to. Yeah, they have to. Yeah, like, cupcake would have slid all over this shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean this is her shit. There's so, nobody, nobody not, had the flow better than cupcake right now. Right. Oh, discounts. Oh my gosh, yes. I can't stop listening to discounts. It's so good, yes. so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But cupcake, baby mother, uh, city girls. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Mm-hmm. You might they might swing sweetie in there. Yeah. Maybe Doja Cat if she's feeling better after. Oh my god, no. No, no. Back. Oh, no. Well, no. She's still in the rest of the chat room showing feet. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just she's in the racial chat rooms yeah. showing, showing feet. feet. Yeah, but you, the thing about it is, is a lot of people forget that these girls are all friends. And yeah. so I'm pretty sure, like, once all that stuff came out about Doja Cat, all the girls were looking at her like, come on, yeah. really? Yeah. What's wrong with you? But I just love that at stuff. this moment, there are so many options. I love it. Right. Hell, you can probably even throw Tierra whack in there. Do dudes even rap anymore? Do dudes even rap anymore? Somebody actually asked that. I'm like, you know what? They don't. As far as I care. As far as I care, they don't. Exactly. Yeah. It's like they got all caught up in that mumble rap and then just here's the thing. I like I even like mumble yeah. rap. Yeah. But I yeah. feel like dudes don't they're not doing it. Yeah. I I'm finding more interesting thing from things from the girls. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I'm just like I'm I just mean, so hell, glad they all just know, even yeah. just for just to make Twitter mad, though Rhapsody. And no name on the remix. Yeah. <laughs> Rhapsody and Sample the Great. Yeah. Um, Jean, yes. Jean Grey. No, 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 no. It's got, you're right. It's got to be Rhapsody. Yeah. No name. Yep. 
Rhapsody, tell us about your wet ass pussy, please. <laughs> 16. Give us a hot 16 on your wet ass pussy. Thank you. <laughs> like, we could just have like we could have like five different remake remixes. Oh my god. All, all tailored to make people on yep. Twitter mad. Yep. Do seventeen different remixes, remixes, and then the mega mix, which is all the verses on the ones. Just do it. Yes. 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 <laughs> that would be so good. We need a posse cut. We have not had a girl posse cut since like freedom, or I want to be down. Like we need this. Mm-hmm. The streets need this. <laughs> Yeah. It's important. It's important and necessary work. That's yes. all I'm yes. saying. Yes, it is. And, and get Rihanna to sing the hook. Spread the gospel. Just get Rihanna to sing the hook. Do do whatever it is in your power. Get Rihanna to sing the hook. But Rihanna don't even got to sing the hook because Rihanna has that thing like Beyonce does, where like she does her little rap, and like everybody's like, "Oh, yeah. I didn't. She's. I didn't know she could do this little fun rap thing. No, yeah. So right. even have her on there. Yeah. Bring Rihanna back. Yes. Yes. But I'm not officially asking for an album because every time somebody asks no, no, no. for an album, yeah. she pushes that shit back. Yeah. And I'm, look, girl, please keep giving me your skincare and your makeup. I know them lip bottles mm-hmm. are coming out soon. I'm going to be the first one online buying them. I'm not asking you for an album. Do what you need to do in your own time, girl. Yes. Please, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Oh, God. Well, so yes. see, that's why I saved it for last. Right. <laughs> so much to talk about. Thank you, yes. Black women, for bringing such joy to the world. Yeah, because making so, all of these um, non fucking hoes mad. <laughs> it was just a good time. It's all it is, really. And and weeding out the men that don't know what to do with their equipment. Yeah, from the ones that do, because the ones that do were just sitting back in mind in their business. Yep. The ones they don't were all over Twitter. And that's my thing. Guys that do, or guys that don't, and want to learn. Are shutting up the fuck? Yeah, yeah. But the dudes that keep talking smack, they keep telling yeah, on themselves. Yeah, themselves. Yes, you're not yeah. looking good, dude. Like none yes. of y'all look good right now. Yeah, and, and nobody's going to fuck you uh, ever yeah. again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have to because say, they, yeah. they will yeah. be able to pull up these receipts on Twitter and be yeah. like, "This you? Yes, I will move on." That, Oh, did you see? I'm sorry to bring up Twitter stuff, but did you see on Twitter somebody uh somebody said something about oh all girls rap about is their pussy and blah 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 and this is so disrespectful and then somebody did it somebody hit him with this you and uh posted a picture of all of their likes and it was all like porn Twitter accounts. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not sad. And another thing, okay. Last last thing I wanna say is that men have been talking about Getting their dick sucked on rap records for decades. The minute that a few a uh, few women talking about talk about getting eight out <laughs> for three minutes on a song, <laughs> y'all mad, and I just I don't get it. Between that and the politicians accidentally accidentally. <laughs> I accidentally he heard it. I couldn't even accidentally. He I said, had to search for wait, it. He said he accidentally heard it. I guess he accidentally heard it while he was watching it. <laughs> right. Apparently. Well, he I was, was searching for it. looking it up. Right. Yes. I was searching for big, I was searching for entirely different big black booties. I was not expecting <laughs> <to start. laughs> This was an accident. 
just one more thing. Um, I thought this was so funny. They name, I think their name is George Johnson. They just um, released that book uh, about something about blue black boys. I forget, but they they tickled the hell out of me because they had a screenshot of the um, video. Like, I'm not gay no more. I like the women. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> right? I have been delivered. I've been delivered. <laughs> I mean, damn, if anything would do it, that would do it. <laughs> yeah. That could do it. I really believe that, could, that video could do it. Yeah. But, uh, I've seen a couple girls lamenting straightness because of that video. Yeah. Just being like, oh, why do I like men? Right. <laughs> why? Why? Let us know. Why? But they look why? great. They look great. And, you know, it was, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's all good. So yeah, that's um some what's happening in music right now, and uh, some of this is kind of like what I play on uh, the Black Swan Collective, which is my show over on Mixcloud.com/slash Inda Lauren. So yeah, that yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you won't you won't hear uh, what has pussy on there. I don't think. Well, no, because Unless... it's, it's, it's mainstream. I mean, everybody knows that. Aww. I usually focus Damn. on indie. I usually focus on indie. If it's one of my favorites at the end of the year, it'll be on my year end show. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Get give WAP a chance. Give a chance. <laughs> <laughs> give, Let give, it change your life. Give WAP a chance. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm not gonna make a joke about that because I was about to. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's important. But, no, anyway. it's probably um, going <laughs> no, to be self-deprecating. I'm trying to chill. Yes, oh, that's right. Yeah, we don't do that. It. We don't yeah. do that here. No. Okay. So <clears throat> now we're going to hear more from the person you've been hearing all episode. Our special guest, D from Nerdgasm Noir. Welcome, Dee. Hello. So glad to have you here. It's good to get to have you here. I'm glad to be here. I'm sorry it took 92 episodes for me to get here. <laughs> mama, mama, we made it. <laughs> right? That's 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 our bad. That's my bad. Let me just say, that's my bad for not following up. But D actually dug up a tweet from like <laughs> what two years ago. <laughs> I think I said I think I said my goal is like to have everybody from Nergasm Noir on the yeah. on the show. Yeah, because I think um, we've only we had, had Maria. Maria on. Yeah, we've only had Maria mm-hmm. so far. Yeah. So now we've got D. So we're crossing all kinds of time zones and yeah. everything. Do this. <laughs> Doing it. This so. is this is a this is a transcontinental yeah, for <laughs> real. podcast today. All right. So D. What is it like to be God's favorite? You are like a pioneer. <laughs> that is podcasting. 100%. Not true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you are a pioneer of podcasting for so many black nerds, nerd and nerd fems. Yes. You know, you we're not gonna know? mention that other <laughs> We're not doing that. We're not doing that. But for yes. black so, nerd fems, y'all are the ones. So here's the thing. It doesn't like it's so weird because I've a couple people have said that before, but it doesn't feel like it. You are no, but it is. It's yeah. just the truth. I don't know. It just feels like we're a podcast. We've been around for a while. I know we're like we're a pretty old podcast. We've been doing this for 
on and off for years. Mm-hmm. So like, but like when people say like, years, <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Sort of, kind of, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Again. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like it doesn't, like, I, like, it doesn't feel like we're we've we've pioneered anything. Like we're just kind of here. We were just here doing our thing. We didn't hear a lot of other voices like ours. So we were like, you know what? Let's just do it, and we did it. And people keep saying we are an influence influence to a bunch of people. It's yeah. just it's hard to wrap my head around. Is what it is. I mean, I don't think I'd be doing it if it weren't for you. Exactly. We were both always on um, Nergasm chat, you know, on recording days. When, you know. When recording was, you know, that's true. You were, you guys, that's probably, were. That's probably how we met. Yeah. It was you is. guys and Black Kevin were like, <laughs> shout out to Black Kevin. You guys and Black Kevin were there from jump. It was great. And Julia. And Julia. Oh my gosh. Yep. The four of you guys have always been there. Thank you guys. Actually, no, you guys. Thank you guys. You guys are the yeah, only yeah. ones who have a fan base. Because why nobody else listen to us? Gosh. Anyway. But yeah, you're you're definitely a pioneer for a lot of um, yes black girl podcasters, especially ones that want to talk about nerd shit. Mm-hmm. Um. And just but so thank you for putting your voices out there and giving us the the confidence and the inspiration for to put ours out there. So yep. thank you. You're you're welcome. <laughs> keep, keep doing it. I need, there needs to be more black girl things out there. So keep doing yes. it. That's Amen. all I gotta say about it. Amen. So what is the origin story of Nerdgasm Noir? Uh, funnily enough, the origin story of Nerdgasm Noir is actually live journal. (laughs) So like, so like me and Melissa had been friends from live journal. There was a group on live journal called black folk, where it's basically Mm -hmm. all the black people on live journal were in that live journal group because that's where you found all of the black people (laughs) online. Yes. Carnegie was in there big time too. Yep. I remember Jamie was in there the way that there was a bunch, a lot of uh, Crystal was there too. Like a lot of people, a lot of people who are big now, um, especially on like the more nerdier side of things or the more (laughs) literary side of things uh, or even the more academic side of things. They were all on black folk on live journal. Um, and so like me and Melissa had become friends from there. Cause there used to be like a chat, like a black folk chat. And mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, I've, 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 I've told Melissa this, but one day Melissa just sent me a message on aim because mm-hmm. we were all in black folks chat on aim. And she just started talking to me about stuff that was going on as if we had known each other. Uh-huh. And so my, my thoughts were, Oh, I think she thinks I'm somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm having this conversation with her. And then like, talking to her about it she was like no i know it's you it's just she was like but i'm shy and i'm very bad in with introduction so i just start talking to people like i know them right. um and so me and her <laughs> me and her developed a friendship and we started talking about comics and stuff and like she was probably the only person other person i knew who even knew what podcasts were at the time mm-hmm. and so she was like i want to do a podcast about like books and comic books and i was like yeah we should do that and uh we kept throwing the idea around and then all of a sudden one day she came and she was like, okay, I have uh, three other people who are totally willing to do this podcast with us. 
and it was Jamie, JP, and Kia. <laughs> and yeah. uh, we were like, okay, well, we figured out how we were going to record it. And then one day we just started recording and putting it out there. And, uh, nice. and this was the result. We got a whole apparently pioneering podcast out of it. <laughs> you got so many babies out there. Yes. You don't even have to pay child support. <laughs> also, shout out to Melissa because she originally had the Twitter name Black yes. Girl Squeeze. Yes. She did. And I politely asked if we could use that because I think she was going to move <laughs> on to a different name anyway. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I want to do a show called Black Girl Squeeze. Can we use that Twitter handle? And she was like, yes. So thank she you. Right. <laughs> she couldn't stick to a Twitter name for like four years. She was like, I want to be this. No, I don't want to be this. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to Black Girl Squee, a.k.a. Uh, well, now known as Curvy Black Geek. Uh, giving us the name that became our podcast. Yay! So. <laughs> oh my God, you guys are literal babies of us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Wow. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes. Um. This is weird. I didn't. I'm sorry. I haven't been here. I went out to go get cigarettes, and I just never. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was my bad. But you know what? I'm so you. You. You're doing good. I'm glad you're doing yeah. well for yourself. You're so. You're grown now. <laughs> to take care of yourself. Can I? Can I? Whole twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and the cycle of, of Black Parenthood is complete. And <laughs> <laughs> <End> scene. Um, <laughs> so why um, you've been on hiatus for a while? Why are you coming back now? Um, actually. The, the main we- reason we were on hiatus is because each of us individually had like a whole lot of stuff going on with our lives. Mm-hmm. Like uh, some people were working on uh, on cons, you know, some some of us were supposed to be writing. Jamie has started like a full-time journalism gig. So like it was very hard to like make time to meet up, especially to do that and then also have our own lives and actually be able to enjoy nerd shit instead of just talking about it right Mm -hmm. and so um that was the main reason we went on hiatus and then all of a sudden coronavirus happened and it's not like we can go anywhere anyway (laughs) and like so much of our interactions so much of my interactions have been online Mm -hmm. and you know the girls had been mentioning like we want to do podcasting again you know we want to come back blah 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 and then like coronavirus happened and we're like well it's easier to schedule now so let's go let's (laughs) Let's let's make it happen. Oh, good. Um, so I guess shout out to coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we should shout out to them. No, I don't. No. I, don't I don't know if I like that. No, let's not. Let's not. Let's you know, what? I'm gonna change my answer. We've we've. You know what? We felt it was time. Mm-hmm. Yes. There we go. That's my answer. <laughs> At this moment in American history, it was time to bring back. It was it was it was yes. needed. Yes. <laughs> that was the that's the official statement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And that nerd as an Adam flag. As a, <laughs> as a beacon for all. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Like we're superheroes. I like that. Yes. I like that. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Um, Inda, uh, you you take over some of these questions. All right. So now that you're back, waving that Adam Beacon flag, what what do you what do you go for? <laughs> what do you go for the podcast now? Um. I think one of my goals, because one of the things about our podcast is, is we've always been indie. Mm-hmm. And like, like, again, there are other podcasts that have gone out and been have been able to do bigger and better and, and more interesting things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, I feel like I want us to grow like that, you know, not to the extent of some of them. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to reach for, I don't want to be reach for the sun and then have my wings melt and fall into the ocean yeah. <laughs> I was going to say never to be seen again but but um, I, I want us to like expand like that I want us to, to, to be able to do more collaborations with other podcasts and be able to interview more people and you know I want us to I want us to be a, be- a better part of the conversation if that makes sense yeah yeah absolutely um, okay, so speaking of some of the things you were talking about, uh, being doing your own creative endeavors and why uh, Nergasm was on hiatus, hiatus for a while, uh, can you tell us about Hex School for Girls? Like, what inspired you and your sister to create the comic? Uh, so, Hex School for Girls is a web comic that I do with my sister. Um, it's about these three girls who go to, they are in a magic schooling program. So like they go to regular school in the day and then they do a magic school program in sort of like a boarding house. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the, the reason I decided to do this comic was because um, millennials, we love Harry Potter yeah. or loved Harry yeah. Potter because yeah. J.K. Rowling keeps trying to squeeze that love out of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Harry Potter was a big thing for like people my age, uh, uh, people around my age. And like one of the things that always messed me up about Harry Potter was, okay, like you have this wizarding school that's in England. You've showed us these wizarding schools from Germany and France. So clearly there's wizarding schools in a bunch of different places. But when it comes to the U.S., mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to be the American Wizarding School Mm -hmm. because there's so many different people here and there's so many different sort of folk magics that kind of intermingle with each other. Mm -hmm. So, like, like all the kids that couldn't go to the American to the American wizarding school or even all the kids who didn't want to go to the American wizarding school, where would they go if they were going to have a school setting in order to keep their practices alive? And I was like, Oh, they would go to like, they would be like a boarding school where, you know, these girls, these kids are going to learn how to do magic Mm -hmm. and it would be a boarding school and it would be like a hex school for girls. And Uh it would just be like a bunch of girls running around, figuring out how magic works for better or worse. Mm -hmm. And I just, I I'd floated that idea around in my head for a long time, and then my sister uh, is an artist, and one day I was like, "Hey, I have this idea," and she was like, "That sounds great, let's go," and we just started doing it. So, how would you say that compares the what you're doing with the um, comic? That compares to like what we usually see as far as the art and religion of witchcraft is represented, like well on screen, but also like in maybe other you know pop, popular popular culture. Well, it's definitely browner. <laughs> yes. um, it, it, it's 
one of the things that um, a lot of when you when you see literally any sort of like witchcraft or magic kind of thing on screen it's usually really really white and anything with the brown people is like oh this mysterious and scary thing mm-hmm. whereas like in this one it's just like they're teenagers so yeah. they're doing what teenagers do and there's also witchcraft involved and like you get to see like one of the first monsters that the girls come across is a boo hag and like most people most people outside of like the black american community as well as inside the black american community don't really know what a boo hag is mm-hmm. and so like that's not something that you're or that's not something that you're going to see in mainstream media or comics or if you do see it it's going to be interpreted very terribly yeah <laughs> yeah it's like only the only examples I can like really think of because of course in the nineties, like pretty much the only one we had was Rochelle from The Craft. And you know, mm-hmm. her character wasn't even black at first. And then Yeah, no. When they made her character black, they made racism her thing because her thing was actually gonna be eating disorders that she needed mm-hmm. to um, get over. And so I actually did not know that until a couple of months ago when I watched um that documentary on Shudder. Um uh, horror noir and she talked about that and now like the only the only things that come up off the top of my head of course um Angela Bassett playing Marie Laveau in American Horror Story Mm -hmm. and the one on Sabrina um Tati Gabrielle yeah who plays Prudence yeah yeah and then like those aren't even those are basically (laughs) those are and those are basically sort of like the way that they use magic in those. It's like white witches browned up. Yeah. Like Marie Laveau. Marie, Marie Laveau did Louisiana Voodoo. Yeah. And like yeah. none of that was really the way that it was the way that it was represented in the TV show was problematic at best. Mm-hmm. And like even with even with the craft, like like Rachel True's character in the trap in the trap. <laughs> <the craft, laughs> It, her character in the craft like one of the big things is like this girl is being super racist to her yeah. so she hexes that girl and that girl loses her hair and she feels bad about it i know like, right i mm. it feels like yeah. black people did not read that beforehand because yeah. like there's a there's a certain point where it's like okay because even within like even within, like, if you were thinking about it in terms of like hexes, like the hex is the last resort that you want to come to, yeah. but also like you do it knowing that something bad is going to happen. Yeah. And also, if the worst thing that happens is that girl loses her exactly. hair, oh well, she deserved it anyway. You were right, you were a whole racist. Exactly. Like, yeah. Right. Who fucking called her a Negroid to her face. Mm-hmm. And I'm supposed to feel oh, bad. Oh, this isn't a pubic hair. This is one of this is just one of her nappy ones. Bitch, yeah. And I'm supposed to feel bad about you. Oh yeah. Please. Did we just actually talk about an entire song called Wet Ass Pussy? Yes. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, like so it's (laughs) I I wanted to not make it something that's so ooh scary, but also something that like one of the things that you have to learn about is you have to learn about the consequences of what you're doing. So like that's my goal for the comic. Uh, oh, nice, nice. Okay. Um, by the way, that comic is available on Diana's website um, and on Patreon. Supported on Patreon. Yes, there's a Patreon. If you look up Hex School for Girls on Patreon, 
Um, you can support it on Patreon. The Patreon's pretty good because you get the comic a few days before it actually comes out mm-hmm. on the hexschoolforgirls.com website. And you also, we've also started doing like behind the scenes things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're thinking about adding some extra stuff as time goes by. Nice, nice. Okay, so um, moving on. Why did you decide to do Reclaimers and actually tell us what the Reclaimers is? I know what Reclaimers is, or I think I should I by say, now. I feel like <laughs> I, I should like by <laughs> So Reclaimers is actually, it's a, um, it's a, a real play TTRPG uh, streaming show on the I Need Diverse Games Twitch channel. Mm-hmm. We're at, it's every Sunday at 6 p.m. California time. 8 p.m. Central Time and 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Yeah. I know how oh, shit. So we can get you out of here, huh? Okay. Oh, no, no, no. It's Sundays. It's Sundays. Okay, it's Sundays. okay. Cool. <laughs> all right. But, so uh, all them letters. Sorry, let me break up down all them letters. So you said real play, tabletop, uh, and some other letters. <laughs> TTRPG, tabletop role playing games. games Thank you. It's for. <laughs> but like there's a lot of role-playing games out like there's a lot of those out right now because um actually because D has become has renewed in popularity but reclaimers actually doesn't do D, mm-hmm. it actually does um other more indie mm-hmm. role-playing games mm-hmm. um and it's specific uh chris actually came up with it one of our co-hosts mm-hmm. he actually came up with it because he wanted to feature more uh people of color specifically like women of color mm-hmm. um uh, playing these sort of games, um, and he actually approached me one day. He was like, he had approached me because I had, I had um, played a couple of games with him before, and he had actually approached me and was like, "Hey, do you want to, you know, start doing a game on a certain, uh, start doing a game on Sundays?" Blah, blah blah. And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And then after a while, he was like, "Hey, um, we might be streaming it. Are you still cool with that?" I was like, "Yeah, that's fine." And then all of a sudden, he was like, "I was there," <laughs> and it was like, "Yeah, we're we're streaming it for I Need Diverse Games and blah blah blah." And I was like, "Oh yeah, cool." And then I was like, "Oh." But like these are games I haven't played before, so yeah. I might look like, oh no, I've, I'm gonna embarrass myself. <laughs> but yeah, I honestly I decided to do it because like after like he explained it and he was like, well, it's because I want everything out there is so very so very white right now, and I mm-hmm. want there to be something that's for people of color, or that where you can see more people of color, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think first games would be the perfect place to do it. And he's like, I know you play. And I know, you know, I would like you to do it with me. And I was like, yeah, sure. And it, it's, it's been fun so far. Yeah. And D, I- all right. So, so you said it was Sundays on I Need Diverse Games Twitch at mm-hmm. six Pacific time. Six Pacific, mm-hmm. eight Central, nine Eastern. Yeah. And uh, D, I'm just gonna say. I have never played any of these games that we play when we get to them because the only time I have to play outside of Reclaimers is probably a single-person RPG. <laughs> mm. And also, well, and listen, just keep in mind, I actually said the words, prison is not nice. <laughs> you cannot do worse. You cannot do worse. So if that is any comfort to you. But, um, but do you have any other RPGs you hope to play for the show soon? Um, actually, we there's that. Um, I'm I need to look over the um, because at Big Bad Con there was a bunch of games that I bought 
because they looked interesting and like one of them was a um i think it's a i think it's the empowered by the apocalypse system mm -hmm. but it's uh basically a telenovela so like mm -hmm. you guys are characters in a telenovela and the rpg is you guys playing through the drama in the telenovela mm -hmm. so yeah. i need to look at that and see how that works because that actually looks super super interesting and funny yeah yeah, I got to go through that uh, racial justice bundle and see if there are any um, RPGs that I might like. But it's also, um, Chris suggested, a, um, um, it was a, it's a game that's based on tarot. And so it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, but I'm like thinking about it, I'm like, is he trying to trick me in the GM and because I'm not going to do that? <laughs> <laughs> no, Chris wouldn't try and trick you into that. <laughs> Chris is actually very good about being like, hey, these are your boundaries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay okay so do you want to talk about Worldcon fiasco or even just in general lack of inclusiveness at sfl cons well so here's this is okay so <laughs> I, I i guess we need to just back up and do some context the Worldcon fiasco this year this year was basically surrounding um George Double R Martin uh, hosting the show and just basically being an old white dude that doesn't want to do better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which, so this is the what irritates me the most about it is so like the Romance Writers of America had a dust Ooh. up literally in December yes. that it was a big mess. Like yeah. there was a whole lot of racism going on in RWA that in all honesty, I'd, I'd heard about it from a couple people mm -hmm. like uh, yeah. dealing with the RWA is, is a, is an issue because there's a whole lot of racism going on, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So they decided they were going to uh, go after the wrong one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and that wrong one happened to be a lawyer. And she yes. was like, oh. mm -hmm. so uh, long story short, basically there was this whole big dust up with the RWA. And one of the things that happened is the SFWA, SIFWA, Oh, however you want to call it, was like, well, come to us. Like, everybody who's in the Romance Writers Association, come to us because, you know, it's better over here. Blah, 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 yeah. blah. And mm -hmm. it, that was a lot of, it, you You saw that it was a lot of white writers saying yeah. that, and a lot of writers of color were like, kind of uh, like, mm -hmm. yeah. really? with that gif, that gif with the guy with the yeah. red cup. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. yeah. like, mm -hmm. uh -uh. And so, like, they they did all this big talk about how things were better over here in sci-fi and then this happens like we have the they have to have worldcon pre-taped because of coronavirus so you're pre-taping the award show yet the host of the award show is mispronouncing people's names that aren't this is the thing that made me so mad he's 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 basically touting gender essentialism mm -hmm. He's mispronouncing people of color's names mm -hmm. and making a joke about it. He's uh, waxing lyrical about how wonderful, like, yeah. H.R. Lovecraft is. Yeah. <laughs> there was one award that was named after, I forgot the man's name, but it was Campbell. named after somebody. Campbell. Yes. And it's, like, for, it's for up-and-coming writers. Mm -hmm. And then, like, last year, the the, the, the woman who yeah. ran was an Asian woman. Yeah. And yeah. she was like... 
Joseph this, Campbell was great. a fucking fascist. That was how right. She, she was like, this award is great, but this man is a racist and a fascist. We should not be naming this award after yep. him. And so he's sitting there like, oh, Joseph Campbell was great, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So like, this is all pre-taped. Yeah. Uh, he mispronounced Fire Magazine. Fire. Fia. Fire. It's he so called easy. It Fia. He called it Fia. Like, you... You're not trying. You're not if trying. you can name a character Daenerys Targaryen, yes. say Violet Magazine. Like, there's no there's no excuse. And it's pre-taped. And he refused to tape any corrections right. yes. for his terrible behavior. And so now there's this big dust up because people are like, okay, well, this is this was real bad and mm-hmm. real racist. And this, you wonder why nobody like you wonder why the people of color didn't want to have your back when to try and have romance writers coming over here yeah. you wonder why we always have a problem etc this is the reason why and people are coming out trying to defend it and be like oh well he's an old man he doesn't know any better blah, blah, blah. but it's pre-taped yep so that means they had the time to correct it yes yeah you don't know how to pronounce this person's name okay cut the good test yeah. google Cut. How are you supposed to pronounce this? Yeah. Oh, you recorded it and you realize you pronounced this person's name wrong. Okay, re-record it so we can get Wait. the name right. Wait. Or at least make an actual no. effort to get it as close he as possible. Because I understand no. some names yeah. are hard to say. Yeah. I have issues with some names all the time. Yeah. But what I do is I make the effort. And then when I feel like I haven't made a good enough effort or I haven't yeah. said it well enough, my response is, I'm very sorry if yes. I said your name incorrectly. Yeah. But also, from my understanding, everybody who got nominated sent a pronunciation guide for their name. He had a pronunciation mm. guide for all the names. Mm. So this was willful ignorance on his part. Or just malice, to it's, be honest. Right. It's You can tell it's willful. Even without the name cards, you can tell it's willful from the fact that it's pre-taped and he refused to tape it again. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you are... You are, you are making a decision to put your bigotry on display like you chose to do that but people don't want people want to make excuses for this grown-ass man Mm -hmm. which i just it it upsets me so much especially because i am a person who really loves sci-fi and fantasy like that's the genre that i usually write in so it's 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 a mess also it's like this was like the perfect opportunity. Why wasn't the host somebody from New Zealand? That is another big thing going on with the, the with Worldcon New Zealand yeah. because they didn't usually with Worldcons wherever they're at. What they're trying to do is they're trying to showcase the culture and the writers and the people from wherever yeah. the Worldcon is that year, right? Yeah. You don't hear literally anything about New Zealand except for like at the very end. Yeah. You don't hear anything about the Maori people. Exactly. Maori should have been all over it. Maori should have been all over this. And that's just disappointing. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's just really interesting that you brought it up, the RWA stuff, and then, like, oh, SFWA is better. And, like, everybody who wasn't white, who wasn't white, who wasn't able-bodied, who isn't um, straight, just (laughs) knew better. they kind of it's just like they just cut their eyes like are you are you serious and not even a year later 
they proved us right. right. Yes. I don't think N.K. Jemison says she hasn't been there. She hasn't gone to Worldcon in years. Yeah, she says she doesn't have to. She now. only she only went the years. She only went, and I don't even think she went all three of the years. She yeah. went two of the years that um, Broken Earth trilogy books were nominated yeah. and won. Yeah, right. and that's another big. That's another thing. Like he also said something about her winning all three of the winning the award for all three of those books. Um. Oh yeah, he made some snide remark about M.K. Jemison winning, because she won a Hugo for every book in the Broken Earth trilogy. It was like back to back to back. She basically did a yeah. three-peat like the Lakers, and like, and so, like he made a little snide comment about it, because again, one of the backlashes that a lot of people are having is there's an issue with, um, there's there's a huge issue with people of color winning all of these awards because there's such a big push for us to be there now. So we were talking about the uh, unmitigated gall of George R.R. Martin to be mad at somebody who writes and publishes regularly. Um, <laughs> like, how are you going to be mad? Because N.K. Jemison has finished a couple of series in the time that it's taken you yep. to finish Winds of Winter. <laughs> I'm saying, I well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he mad. He mad. Oh yeah. So yeah. So she got a win for every book in the Broken Earth trilogy, which I mean. And it was much deserved because she that trilogy is so good and she's such a good writer. She's such a such a such a good writer, right? But um one of the things that's going on with the Hugos and the Hugos in particularly yeah. and Worldcon in particular is more and more people of color are winning things and it's bothering people. It is bothering people to their core that more and more people of color are winning things. And the more they win things, the more they're like, okay, hey, this old thing that you used to do was racist. Stop doing that. This person you have this award named after, maybe you shouldn't name this award after that person because these are the terrible things that they've done. And therefore, you're. it's kind of offensive to give a person of color an award named after Joseph Campbell or H.P. Lovecraft or whoever. And so, yeah, they're getting big mad and there's like this huge backlash and it's like, it's going to be interesting to watch as the years go by because either, either things are going to get better because the, the, the right people in Sifwa are going to be like, hey, we want to make this inclusive for everybody or it's going to crash because people are so stuck in their old bigot ways that they won't, they won't back out of it. So we'll see. All right. I mean, you see with romance, it crashed because because of oh, yeah. what, what you just said. So they're going to have to rebuild that bitch from 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 brick one. And the thing about it is, is RWA should not have won that that whole thing was a mess. But with the way that the romance girls are promoting themselves on Amazon, like the if you want to know how to sell a book, how to promote yourself, go to a romance girl because they they have they they have their formulas, their 
work ethic, whatever they need to get their st- stuff out there. And it, it works. Yeah. I mean, and especially you want to talk to a black romance writer because they will break mm-hmm. down the Kindle unlimited algorithm for you and mm-hmm. let you know, okay, you need to be publishing something maybe every 60 to 90 days. To, so to keep up with the algorithm, um, mm. you got, no, I, one- had a friend, I, I had a friend tell me like, Somebody hipped her, her hipped her up the game, and she was like, "I start writing books, and then like the the year later when it comes out, I'm already working on more books because I gotta get it. I gotta get stuff out." Yep. So and yeah, and and r- romance writers of color they they know that better than anybody, because um, mm-hmm. because nobody nobody's telling them that like whatever whatever secret sauce. There is to the algorithm. Um, the white writers seem to have kept it for themselves, but not the black writers. <laughs> they are willing yeah. to share information. Yeah. So, um, right. so within this place of when you started the um, podcast and like doing the cons and things like this, now do you think that there's anything for um, that anything's changed for like black fans and creators, you know, within fandom spaces, you know, within this time? there's there's a lot more of us going to these things like there's a like i will use wizcon for example like when i first started to go to wizcon the poc dinner was like in one in like a smaller room in Mm -hmm. the hotel because that's Mm -hmm. how many of us were signing up and going to wizcon and even before that if you talk to tempest who runs the poc dinner she was like it was like four of us sometimes but you know Mm -hmm. it was four of us we had that dinner so we could see each other and know that we can come to each other throughout the con and like now we can't even hold it in the hotel anymore we have to take it off site because there's so many more people of color going and i think that you're seeing that with a lot of other cons too is like specifically black fans are like you know what Mm -hmm. instead of instead of having to do this in this corner with my friends i'm just gonna go to a con and haters be damned because i'm gonna go and i'm gonna do the thing i want to do and more and more what happens is we start doing that and more follow and so like now you have like whole groups and get-togethers and stuff of black fans going to different cons and different fandom spaces and like being there and being seen and it's fucking great yeah i mean it may it makes sense if you see a space where you are actually welcomed you're gonna go and you're gonna you're probably gonna tell some other people about it and then they're gonna come next time yeah i mean that's that's great so how are how are the other people how are the people running these cons dealing with all of these new black faces some of the cons are actually encouraging it a lot of um one of the things that i've noticed um with a lot of especially writing cons is a lot of writing cons are like yeah we've had a problem with this for years and they're like making the change within their like structure to be like okay how do we include more people both behind the scenes and putting the con together but also get more people of color to come etc what do we have to do to make these safe spaces safe which i think is good like they're 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 putting in the work not it not every single person in all of these con coms is putting in the work there are people who are trying to sabotage things at every turn um but i i think there's like a good strong group of people who are actually trying to make things better 
and more inclusive. And so, so I, I'm, I'm thinking it, it has the potential to turn out really good. And the optimist in me wants to say, yeah, this is going to be good, but I know people I've seen, I've known people my whole life. People can be real shitty. So we'll see if it actually, if the, if the planned improvement actually works. Yeah. I actually know I meant to ask you earlier regarding the reclaimers. Uh, yeah. So we'll talk about some more fun stuff now. <laughs> What's been some of your favorite games in the moments of the show so far? Um, Ooh, there's so many. <laughs> yeah. There's prisons aren't nice. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Cause that caught me off guard. <laughs> Cause I was like, what do I, what do I say to that? Um, actually that whole campaign that I GM'd was, it was a fun moment because like mm-hmm. you guys didn't react to anything the way that I had thought you were going to react to it. <laughs> so it was a wild ride. Um, um, actually the um, girl underground one that we did i like that one a lot i was worried about the ending because Mm -hmm. like i had had that idea for a while and like i i but i thought that diana had something different planned so i didn't want to like push it and then like Mm -hmm. when she was like yeah i don't have an ending plan at all i was like okay cool i had this idea and then like i'm glad it worked out as good as it did yeah um that was great that was great um Oh, there's just, there's so many. Um, when we were playing the um, the demons game where everybody had a demon. Oh. And um, um, one of the San Francisco ones. Yeah, and then my demon yeah. and Diana's demon ran into each other. <laughs> that was a real tense moment. Like, there's a lot of really, really good moments. There's a lot of good games too. Like, Universalis yeah. is really. I like Universalis a lot because, as yes. a writer, I like the world building part of it. Uh, the yeah. problem is yeah. because, t- like, three of us on the show are writers. We will go yeah. to town with whatever we want to go to town yeah. with. It was just like nothing was too far fetched for it. Like, okay, first it was a telenovela, space opera. Mm-hmm. Uh, luchador mm-hmm. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> with AI <laughs> and there's a clan war going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just nothing was too wild for that. But but yeah, it was fun and it was cohesive it and was. It, it made sense even if it didn't make sense if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of my favorite things though is JP doing voices for stuff. Oh gosh. Okay, so the girl underground game. JP's yeah. voice for Darling was so oh creepy. And it was great. It was great. Oh. <laughs> okay. So uh um Dee Dee, you wanna get get us some some fun stuff? Um, uh so Dee, tell us what books or TV shows, music, what have you uh been uh consuming to help you get through this pandemic um so that happened in phases <laughs> at the beginning of uh the pandemic i actually rewatched gallivant a couple times again i rewatched gallivant oh. a lot because it's just so goofy <laughs> so i rewatched gallivant the, at the first point of the pandemic 
Uh, and then as months dragged on, uh, I rewatched Hannibal again. Because <laughs> <laughs> Hannibal actually just got to Netflix, but it was on um, it was on Amazon Amazon Prime Video before. Mm-hmm. It but Amazon Prime Video is very very hard to navigate through. But like. I rewatched that because I was being real dark and weird. And then because I was being real dark and weird, I watched Mindhunter on Netflix. Wow. <laughs> Which, whoo, yeah, it's just dark and weird. And so I think I'm slowly coming back to the lighter side of things. I just started mm-hmm. um, Umbrella Academy. Um, I've been reading a lot of romance novels. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, listening to a lot of music. But yeah, it, it it went real dark for a second there, but I'm pulling it back to lighter fun things. <laughs> but Hannibal is one of my favorite shows, though, so I can't really say that that's too dark. It's Hannibal about a cannibalistic serial killer. Yeah. It's a but cooking it was, show was, as far as I'm concerned, because all the food on the show looks gorgeous. If it wasn't people, people, I would... Well, if it wasn't people. If it wasn't people, I would eat it. Okay. Okay. That's what we're going to put. That's the quote we're going to put in the show notes. <laughs> I've, been accused of, I've been accused of cannibalism before. <laughs> oh, God, that's not that. Okay. Maybe no, we need to take this out of no, the show. No, no, it's be, no, it's because she thinks it's a, um, cause, because she thinks Hannibal is a cooking show. That's why. Oh, God. It's okay. because what? Because you think Hannibal is a cooking show, that's why you've been accused of cannibalism. Yes. Also, the vampire thing. The vampire thing. Yes. Vampires are vegan or something like Va- that. Vampires and cannibalism is vegan. <laughs> well, no, vampires isn't necessarily vegan because they're not getting consent. But cannibalism is vegan because as long as you're getting consent from the person you're eating, because that's the big thing with cannibalism or with veganism is these animals aren't consenting to you taking their meat or their labor. So you, we shouldn't take it. So like, same with people. If people are like, yeah, sure, eat my arm. That's vegan. You're good. Okay. This Name of the episode right there. <laughs> Cannibalism is consent with D from Nerd Noir. <laughs> I also, I also, what, was, what did I ask? What's what's the difference between something and possession? Mm. And then I realized that it was consent because when you're possessed, you're not consenting oh. to the ghost being there. A haunting and and possession, and the answer oh, is consent. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm just saying <laughs> you got to think about these things, you guys. Okay, these these are major keys here. These are these are jewels. The D Consent is very important in all aspects of our lives. That's true. Um, How we got from there to cannibalism, I still don't know. But moving on, if you could write (laughs) any musical, (laughs) (laughs) moving on swiftly, moving on swiftly, if you could write any musical, animal musical. Good night. Um, um, musical. I don't. I don't. No, I could write a musical about anything, but that's only mm-hmm. because I'm constantly singing. Mm-hmm. So, but I did, me and my sister one day <laughs> did come up with the song lyric, Agatha Christie, bad bitch of the murder mystery. So, 
Maybe an Agatha Christie book. Or a book, actually, a book about, honestly, no, a book about her life. Because, like, seriously, like, when she was getting divorced, she was, like, super upset about it. And was, like, she was, like, I'm going on vacation and didn't tell anybody. (laughs) But then because she didn't tell anybody, everybody was looking at her. So she literally had to come out of vacation and be, like, okay, you guys, I'm fine. I'm not, I'm not dead. I'm alive. I did get into a car accident, yes. But I'm not dead. I'm alive. I just wanted y'all to leave me alone. (laughs) Okay. It just hit me. You really could do the cannibalism is vegan musical. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, really it would be a li- it'd be a little bit, it'd be a little bit, uh, Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Exactly. An- another cheery. <laughs> another cheery, cheery piece of content. Okay. So who would be your dream cast for this? Oh, musical for this about Agatha Christie. Oh, for the Agatha Christie musical? Ooh, who would be my dream cast for the Agatha? That's a hard one. Her husband. Ex-husband. Her husband, ex-husband. I don't, you know what? I don't know. This is a good one. Because Agatha Christie would be... Agatha Christie would be Loretta Devine, to be quite honest. Thank you. I was hoping you would do it. I was hoping you would do it. I was hoping you would go all Lin-Manuel Miranda with the casting. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Because here's the thing. Loretta Devine has that, like, that energy that I do what the fuck I want energy. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write murder mysteries. So I feel like it would have to be Loretta Devine. Her husband would have to be some sort of sleazeball. It would be... I don't know who her husband could be. Maybe like Brian Stokes Mitchell. Brian Stokes Mitchell. I was thinking Giancarlo yeah. Esposito. Not not because yeah. he's a sleaze bag, but because he can play anything. He can play. Yeah, you're right. Giancarlo Esposito is like, yeah. Oh yeah. Especially after what after like his character just recently in The Mandalorian. I yep. can see it. Oh yeah. Yep. I like this. Oh, the secretary mistress. Who's going to be the secretary mistress? I don't know, Dee. Who is it? Come on, you're making me think. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Secretary mistress. That would be... You know what? No. No, that's... No. I was going to say Nicole Bahari. Oh. I mean, Why? that could work anyway because she's Nicole Bahari. Right. I know. She, she can sing. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're she right. Can sing, yes. She can sing. She can yeah, do I anything. think that's going to be it. Yay! All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We, 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 we can skip casting for cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, Cannibal musical. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 So what existing works would you like to see adapted to the screen? Wait, Hannibal the Musical, Leslie Odom Jr. is going to play Will. Yeah. It fits, don't it? Don't it fit? It fits. Anyway, um, uh, existing work that I would like to see adapted for screen. Ooh, ooh, ooh. There's a lot. 
Well, well, Burke and Earth Trilogy is going to be adapted for screen. That's for sure, for sure. Oh, hell yeah. Um, oh, gosh, there's so much. Actually, there was a story in Hidden Youth that was really, really good. That I think would make a good that would make a good movie. Um, uh, I don't want to. Basically, what happens is there's this um, there's this uh, girl in China who is working as like a secretary, and um, during that time, I forget the time period, but like basically what was happening was during that time period, um, a lot of people from China were leaving China to go work in like the Caribbean. So like in this one in particular, like her brother had actually left to go work in Cuba and they hadn't heard from him. So she's going to look for her brother in Cuba, but she also sees ghosts. So when she goes to Cuba, she sees the ghosts of all the workers and slaves um, who had died while she's on the search for her brother. Oh man. Oh, that's the story Jamie Go wrote in. Right. Yes, by Jamie Go. Uh, 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 actually, hold on a second. I will tell you the title of the story right now because you should read it. Hold on. I, I have the book around here. Also, there's this this great story that was published a while ago by somebody I know about this girl who who was a witch and goes to live with some other witches, and you know they. Sorry about that. Yeah, they train her up and, you know, it was really cute. It had a weird name to it. I forget. Oh, God. <laughs> you know what? I think I've heard that it. story before, too. Right. It's good, right? It's good. Yeah, it's cute. real good, but I can't. What is the name of that story? Right. I just. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, uh, Dee, the, the story you're talking about is called A Name to Ashes. Yes, it's called A Name to Ashes by Jamie Go. That's it's that story is so good. Like the first time I read it, I almost cried. Um, um but yeah, also um a name to ashes would be really good. Dust Daughter would be a very, very good thing to adapt for the screen. That's the um, one. <laughs> I think would be good to uh, adapt. Um, oh, there's a lot of there's a whole lot of stuff that would be really good yeah. to adapt to screen. To be quite honest, of course, I think we all agree pretty much just Rebecca Witherspoon's catalog. Yo. I especially want Zinni. I want Zinni and Wraith, especially Rebecca. But her entire catalog. Rebecca Witherspoon should be the queen of lifetime romance movies right now. I think it may be because yes. her, her stories might be a little bit too dirty for lifetime. Yeah, I was I was telling yeah, in that there's like, a bit too much butt stuff. But, yeah, but it's like HBO Cinemax. A I bit mean, too much on. butt stuff. I mean for <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah. get what you're saying. Not in general, uh, just for lifetime. Yeah. But um I mean just is that's the thing because I, I don't remember who we were talking about. It might have been you, Didi, we were talking about 
there are no rom-coms right now. I mean, there just there has not been a solid, you know, market for rom-coms for some time. I mean, I think is Crazy Rich Asians a, a rom-com or does it fit into that? Because I never saw it. Is what a rom-com? Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, it's a rom-com. Yeah. Okay. So I think Netflix like, is trying to bring one. it back. Trying to bring back the yeah. rom-com. Yeah, because they're doing because yeah. I love you because I love you too and a couple yeah. other things. The Lovebirds, yeah, like, they're doing. But it's like also, but it's like we were talking about that. Not only give us the the, the rom com stuff, but give us R rated rom coms. <laughs> you know? I'm saying we will watch that. We will so watch that, and this is the perfect time for it right now. Actually, um, shout out to Katrina Jackson. Uh, she's got a couple things uh, <laughs> that I would love yes. to see adapted for screen, like the one, yes, the one with the um, professors. What is it called? Mm-hmm. After hours, Office hours. Hours. Uh, Office hours. Office hours. There we go. Office hours, Office hours is a good one. Her little crime family one that she started up was a good little short. Uh, yeah, no, the thruples, all of the ones with the thruples, yeah, need to have oh, the spy. The spy who loved me was a great both of like both both of the heroines, like the the girl in the thruple, and then also her roommate. Those are really good books. From Scratch was good too, I enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just like I like the premise of From Scratch, but yeah, I'm like, there's just so much material from black and brown folks that's just ripe for adaptation. Ooh. Naman, um, Naman, um, Gober Tillahan, the root, I think that's the order. Yeah, he's about to f- um, uh, release the last book of that trilogy. That would be perfect. Mm-hmm. That would be a perfect adaptation of that series. JY Yang's, um, The Black Tides of Heaven, that mm-hmm. whole series actually would be really good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's just so much, it's just such a rich, you know, amount of stuff that you can pull from like a lot of these writers that are doing stuff right now. And I'm like, option this shit and, and don't put it in development hell for 20 years. You know? I mean, you could just have, there's just so much you could be doing with it right now. And I'm just like, they should, everybody should be having all these deals for, I mean, everywhere. And I mean, because like I said, Rebecca should just have a whole entire ass series, you know, by now. Really, she should. Mm-hmm. You know, Katrina, yeah, good. Uh, you mentioned, you know, J.Y. Yang. I mean, there's just, who, who else am I? Pretty, I'm going to put it this way. Pretty much anybody that, you know, came out of, come out of Wisconsin and writes uh, sci-fi fantasy stuff, pretty much all of them got some good shit that they wrote. That's, some, that's one thing I like about Wisconsin. It is rich with good writers. Mm-hmm. All the stuff that LeVar Burton reads on this podcast. Oh, yeah. yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, speaking of, yeah. you know, uh, Did you already say Rebecca Roanhorse? Rebecca Roanhorse. Oh, no. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Justina Ireland. I mean, you can make the, um, what's the Dread Nation? into a movie yeah oh yeah yeah holy shit why haven't we got a bunch of beverly jenkins stuff right now yeah yeah because that's the that's the only romance novelist that white folks seem to know 
Whatever you want to, whenever you want to say, oh, I want to read more diverse romance. Beverly Jenkins. Have you tried Beverly Jenkins? Yes. yes. Because everybody has suggested her. She's great. Yes. She's, I feel like Beverly Jenkins. Else. I feel like Beverly Jenkins is the Octavia Butler of romance. Because like anytime somebody asks, okay, well, who are some are who are some writers of color in sci-fi fantasy that I should read? Everybody says Octavia Butler. Right. Yeah. Octavia Butler, she writes very, very good stuff. Yes. All of her stuff was yeah. amazing. But there are more people out right. there. Like go from Octavia to N.K. Jemison or go from Octavia to yeah literally anybody else ll hamilton or um oh, victor lavaye tomi right. adeyemi oh. like there's so sophia many people. samatar sophia samatar yeah yeah because i mean definitely some more of that stuff that's kind of like set nisi shaw nisi shaw have you read yes. ever uh, ever fair Everfair was great. Everfair is an amazing. That needs book. to be a fucking series. I, yes. Yeah. Make that a mini series. Everfair is so good. Nisi can really, really write, but Everfair yeah. is so good. Yeah. <sighs> just so many good. Mm-hmm. I'm just, oh, adapt some of this. Yes. Give me visuals. Yes. Yes, enough with the, the all-white wizarding schools and the all-white <laughs> uh, medieval whatever Game of Thrones was. There are other books. There are other authors. Let's shine a light on them. Yes. So, okay, we're going to get into some of this other stuff in other segments. So we're going to finish our um, our interview with Miss D. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Thank uh, you for having me. Even though I'm not going anywhere. Right. But like, thank you for you having know, me. Yes. yes. Yeah, but you know, but yeah, because you, you, you're still going to can talk about right. yeah, that's with this other stuff. Yes. But, you know, yeah. All right. <laughs> so we're going to move out of our interview segment and into Catch the Fade. We might be here a while, <sighs> folks, so buckle up. Uh... We got to talk about Megan again. We talked about her last time. Got to talk about her again. Um, she just came out with this bomb ass video with Cardi B. Um, but we're still on the lack of support that mm-hmm. she received after her shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, and people have gone on to write um, articles about misogynoir in hip hop and also um, uh, someone from Slate wrote an article called The Memes Celebrating Violence Against Megan the Stallion Aren't Funny, which is, mm-hmm. is, you know, I don't know how much more plain you can make it, but um I know D wanted to talk about um, the people who d- who actually did support her, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, who had a had something in common. So the floor is yours, D. Let's 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 talk about it. I specifically wanted to talk about Lizzo and Rihanna. Yes, mm-hmm. because like because one of the things that happened is like everybody was either silent or making memes against Megan during the situation. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. 
this it's a scary situation no matter who you are to like be in a situation where somebody is trying to harm you somebody you trust you know shoots you in both of your feet and then yeah after that you have to deal with like worrying about police violence because now the police have pulled you over and you were you and your friends are getting pulled out of the car being treated as if you guys have committed a crime when a crime was done against you right and so like it's a it's it's a traumatizing situation and like everybody was either silent or they were mean to her including like like Drya. Yeah. Both Drya and Megan are like Fenty uh Savage X Fenty ambassadors. Not no more. Brand ambassadors. Not no more. Well, and yeah. that thing like everybody was like like there was that period of time where there were the memes and then there was like suddenly people started being like this isn't cool and they were asking people to like speak up about it and like somebody actually asked rihanna like how come you're not sit- standing up for megan blah blah blah, blah this then the other well because rihanna rihanna also had to deal with abuse like everybody remembers yes. what happened between her and chris brown like that yep. that was something that almost ruined her career her career mm-hmm. and so like when when all is said and done the people who were the most, aside from like her friends that she's had from Jump, who were like the most supportive of her were like Lizzo. Lizzo like sent her flowers and was like, I hope you're okay, blah, blah, blah. And then Rihanna also sent her flowers and things like that. But like once Rihanna found out that Drya had been making fun of Megan, Rihanna was like, guess who's not an mm-hmm. ambassador for me anymore? Yep. And it's like, <laughs> it's so, it, 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 it makes sense who is willing to speak out for her because those are the two people who realize how unsafe it is for specifically black women to be like in the spotlight in any sense of the way and to have something happen to them because of course everybody's going to just act like you're uh expendable and so like i think it i i I really just appreciate the fact that they were willing to step up and be like hey girl are you okay because i'm sure a lot of people didn't and like i'm another person who i'm probably pretty sure is just because of the way that she moves behind the scenes is Cardi was probably also like, hey girl, are you okay? Because Cardi, again, also had to deal with abuse. Like Cardi has said yep. it before, that's why she started stripping was because it was a way for her to get money and to get out of an abusive relationship. Mm. Mm. And, and then so like, Megan said that she talks to Beyonce all the time. And- yeah. So Yeah, I kind of figured Beyonce was probably behind the scenes, you know. Yeah, so mm-hmm. there's, there's some people like that are in her corner and they're all black yeah. women mm-hmm. yep and it's just i i find it i'm so very glad that she has people who are who are who are there for her especially people within the industry who are there for her because dealing with any kind of media industry whether it be movies tv music whatever like it's already enough of it's already chew you up and spit you out if you're not a black woman. So when you're a black woman, you're, you're like extra expendable. So I'm so glad that she has people who are like looking out for her. And I, I just hope, I hope, I hope she's healing well. I hope that she continues to have good relationships. I hope she's cut out all those people who were not good for her. Mm-hmm. All out. Of all of them. I just hope it's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just... Once again, all we got is us, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, it was just so distressing to see. There's so many people who took 
glee in it, you know, this happening to her because they're just really mad that she's successful the way she is. You know, it's just well know. because how dare she? How dare she be one? How dare she be good? She be good at what she does because yep. one of the things that I, I I have a feeling is I have a feeling a lot of dudes are very very. Like, it's not just the sex stuff. I think a lot of dudes are very upset that she's actually a very good rapper. She is talented. Yes. That's she's what I talented. said. Yeah. She, yeah. She's talented. She's better she's than that. She's talented in her songs. She's talented mm-hmm. in her freestyles. Like, she's better than a lot of rap dudes who are out now. And I think yeah. dudes in general are very, because dudes don't, dudes don't like that. Right. When you're when there's mm-hmm. a girl or a woman who's better at them at something, it's it hits their ego in a way that I don't even think they're aware of. Mm-hmm. And yep. so, like, they're mad that she's she's good at what she does. They're mad that she's taking ownership of what she does. They're mad that she's unapologetically herself. Yep. Yeah, and it's, also probably because she won't fuck them me too. I mean, exactly. and she has no problem mm-hmm. telling you that too. Yep. yep. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I was, I was, I was saying that to um, in the uh, last time. Yeah, a lot of people are mad because she's a, she's a better rapper than them. She's good, <laughs> like across she's the board. So <laughs> like mm-hmm. so, and that's because mm-hmm. she's worked at it. She and her mom. Yep, they worked hard. You know, rest mm-hmm. in peace to her mother. But um, they, yeah. they they practiced a lot. They worked hard. Um, she studied Southern hip hop. Um, she knows her shit. So yeah, she's mm-hmm. she's, yep. she's good. She's better than a lot of these folks out here these days. So, um, is there anything else you wanted to say about Megan? Um, can't wait for the new album to come out. That's Mine, well, no, I can't because we just got a new one earlier this year. I need to chill. I'm not, yeah. you know what? <laughs> she wasn't calling that an album, she called it like a project. Well, no, because all of what she's had so far come out have been EPs because she right. wasn't because she hasn't done like a full EP. Basically, the languages around albums is really weird, but basically, an EP is not yeah. like a full studio produced, yeah, backed album. Right. So like EPs is basically it's just she's using her money, putting her stuff together to do it. So she hasn't come out with an album album yet. Um, but honestly, her last two EPs have been amazing. Right. Actually, all of her EPs have been amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I would like I said, I'm not going. You know what? I had I apologized to Rihanna earlier. I apologize to you as well. Please don't push it back because people are asking for it. Right. Heal up, rest up, right. do what you got to do for you. I cannot wait to see what you have coming planned for the future. I say as if Megan the Castallion cares about what the fuck I have to say about her. <laughs> y'all know, y'all get me. Look, we get you. No, yeah. sure she appreciates everyone who loves, appreciates what she does. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so. get your rest. Like just right, yeah. right off of all the, you know, press and sales and everything that WAP generates, and um, you know, <laughs> just just take a vacation. So, okay, now we got to talk about this. Once again, two years in a row now, the trans actors of FX's series Pose were snubbed at the Emmys. Mm -hmm. And we we say that specifically because one, one actor from Pose 
the series about trans people who created a culture um, in ballroom that celebrated themselves as trans people. Um, there's um, one person got nominated, but that person is not trans. That, that person is Billy Porter. And I'm not going to... Billy Porter is a great actor. He's great on the show. Yes. That still doesn't make the story about him and, mm-hmm. his, and his character. And for these actors to get snubbed when they've been doing stellar work episode after episode for two years and telling their story, getting the chance to tell their story. Um, they deserve to be recognized. And they do. Yes, it would be groundbreaking. Sadly, it would be groundbreaking for a trans actor to get recognized for playing a trans character. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think also part of what makes it so infuriating is is if this were like 10, 15 years ago and it was a cis person playing, cis people playing these people, yeah. they would have gotten nominations. Yeah. They would have gotten nominations this this year. Because, I mean, it was, how long ago was it? Well, um, Eddie Redmayne. What's his name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Because that was just a couple of years ago. And I mean, it's like also they've evolved as actors, you know? Because this, this one thing I love about um, the um, Marsha's Plate, because they do the um, Pose re, um, recaps, and they they love the show, talk, but they will also talk trash about it when, when it gets wrong and, you know, where it's, you know, a bit too, you know, campy or whatnot. And, you know, even if you just listen to them and, you know, take their word for it, they weren't the best at acting in the first season but you know they still they created these really good characters you felt for them you loved them you know you went through this journey with them you know and now you know with this second season they kept that up and they evolved you know the, i didn't see any like dip in quality in the show it, it's still you know very much you know it's still very much you going on a journey with humans and you, and you care about what happens to these humans and like they don't get any credit for that, you know? And it's just, it, it's infuriating. It's just really just, man, like they, they do such a good job on this show. And especially since for this being like a Ryan Murphy property, because a lot of his stuff is just so over the top. And, Ryan Murphy you know, does not know how to get past the first season of a show. Thank you. America's yeah. Horror Story is the way that it is because it's just a yeah. first season every season. Speak on yeah. it. Thank you. But I, 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 think, I also think that people give him way too much credit when it's really Stephen Canals, yeah. when it's really yeah. Janet Mock, yeah. when it's really all the trans people who are trans people and queer people who are in yeah. the writer's room. Yeah. They are the ones that need the recognition. Right. Where Ryan Murphy did the work was he saw that the story needed to be said and he was willing to use his pull to do it. Unlike some people. I'm not even going to do that. That is exactly what I said. 
I'm not even going to get into that coughly Daniel's cough. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But no, that is exactly what I said. The best thing he did for this show is he put his name on it and got it, you know, got it in production, got it, you know, got the green light for it. And then he stepped back Mm -hmm. because, you know, this is their show and he's letting them tell this story. And And, I mean, people need to recognize, yeah, that's where, that's, that, that's where his mark begins and ends, for the most part. Yeah. This this show is Stephen Canals. This show belongs to Janet Mock, who directed some of the yeah. best episodes of both seasons. You know. Yeah. And this show also belongs to India Moore, and MJ Rodriguez, yes. and Dominique Jackson, yeah. and Angelica Ross. And then she gets fucking nominated. And also, what's her name? What's her name? Haley. Um, so, is it Haley Sahar? Sahar. Yeah. Sahar. I mean, even her. I mean, she had a. Um, they stepped her up, you know, this last season too. And she's and you know, I liked her. <laughs> you know, I just kind of like you know how they had her, you know, tied so cl- closely to Candace, and just it was mostly her. You saw how. Candace's um, death just affected everybody because she just, you know, she had, you know, kind of a breakdown, you know, and you just tell that Candace's death just really got to her. And, you know, that was, you know, one of the things, you know, I love most about her characters that they let her mourn and and they kept bringing Candy back, you know, just kind of this specter of her that, you know, she's gone, but just kind of how she's still with them. And just so much that they did with the show that they did right with the show. I felt like even, you know, with this flaws and, you know, the issues that they still got to work out with the whole thing. But it's just, I mean, yeah, I'm glad, you know, people, you know, are uh, 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 that like the production design, the costuming, the makeup and all of that, you know, glad all of that's being, you know, recognized and stuff. But at the end of the day, it is the actors who bring it to life. And if they weren't working, you know, then it wouldn't work as a show. And for them to just still just be empty handed, just not even getting a nod, not even not losing nominations, but not even getting them in the first place. It's just it's not right. Yeah. And I, I mean, and, and if they were getting recognized in other places, it wouldn't seem yeah. as bad, but they're not. Yeah. And also, they're not even getting recognized by the one cast member who gets <laughs> who gets nominated and who who won. Oh, like I was so hoping. I was about. I was so hoping that that Billy would bring um, MJ and India and Dominique and Angelica on stage with him when he won. Was he even? And he did about? Mm-hmm. Um, and if he won Billy. this year, he probably wouldn't either because. Man, mm-hmm. sometimes I wonder if that does he know the show is not about him? I'm sure he knows. He knows, right? He knows. I'm sure he knows, but there also is a very big schism between like cis queer people and trans queer people. Like, and it has been since like what, like the 70s? Since like mm. mid to late 70s? Mm-hmm. I mean, probably before that but like specifically in the mid to late 70s like there was this whole push to like sort of like not center Mm -hmm. or kind of ignore trans issues 
this freaking cat to ignore trans issues um because they thought it was holding back the gay rights movement as a whole (laughs) is it the gay rights movement as a whole if you're going to exclude this chunk of your community like that doesn't make mm. sense and i think like the gay rights movement was started by trans people but... and and like i think that's i think that's part of and i'm not saying that he's doing this on purpose that's not what i'm saying but i think that's like it's it's one of those unchecked biases where it's like yeah. subconsciously or like on a molecular level it's like yeah he's like okay yeah this is a this is great for the queer community because i a black queer person are winning these awards and being in front of people and then he's not actually paying attention to who is being snubbed in the process all right that yeah that's that's Mm -hmm. that's a shame that's a shame Mm -hmm. when people you hate it just it just looks like a whole bunch of i got mine I don't care about how you get yours, which is what you usually see from white queer people. Yeah. White cis queer people. White queer people in RuPaul. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. This is about to be our fifth anniversary and our last. (laughs) I I have. Look, everybody loves Drag Race. It's a great show, but I have so many thoughts and feelings about the way RuPaul treats other queer people. Like, specifically queer people of color rupaul who honey just yeah that's a whole other show that's a whole other show um but yeah you're not alone you're not alone um so uh but yeah you (laughs) i would hate to think that billy porter is exhibiting some of this behavior some of these thought patterns but it fucking looks like and it's sad. And then there's yeah. also what I'll complicate it early um, further is the fact that he has yeah. so many Broadway bona fides, and he's like a legit <laughs> Broadway star, and yeah. so many other uh, people on the cast do not have as many credits as as he does. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like, I understand that it's been a very long time for him and he is just now having his moment, but it's also like, look off whose back it's coming off of, you know? Uh Because, I mean, he has been in this game for decades, you know? He's been putting in the work and I'm glad, you know, that he's being recognized, you know, for his work finally and, you know, He's having his moments mm-hmm. on the red carpet, but it's like, also, like you said, the show is not about him. Mm-hmm. He's you still got to go back. He's still got to go back to work and work with all these trans actors who now probably feel some kind of way toward him. And that's the thing. I mean, they can feel some, however they want us feel about him. But some of their ire needs to be directed at the Emmy organization as well. Because they're the ones that keep doing this year after year. I mean, yes and no. Like, it's it's very different when it's the Emmy organization, this big entity with power, you know? And you are the 
the person that they're crushing versus like your coworker who is kind of sort of like who may not who could possibly be friends with them or whatever like it's like hey like you have this opportunity and me and you are friends it feels a different way to be snubbed by you mm-hmm. yeah than this than this corporation that you are already aware is systemically transphobic mm-hmm. yeah but at the same time like i mean they're going to feel what they're right. going to feel but i can see why they're they're going to turn that ire towards him because like he is someone he is an entity that they an entity he is a person that they can see and talk to and be like yeah. hey what the fuck yeah. dude true true and i hope so i hope somebody does sit him down and be like hey what the fuck, this ain't cool i mean you are a member of the cast but this ain't your show ah <sighs> All right, so the, um, that's that's catch the fade. Now mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about something. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Birdman and Rub. Um, yeah. <laughs> it is time for this week in that print. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. we're dedicating this one to all, and we mean all, Pacific Islander men, the Samoan brothers on TikTok. <laughs> Samoan, Maori, Tahitian, Hawaiian. Yes. This goes out to you. Micronesian. All of you. We see oh, you. Man. Yes. We see you. You want us to we, see we acknowledge you. You. Yeah. you. You obviously want us to see you. So, okay, we're going to look. Mm-hmm. Yes. We um, are picking up what you are putting down. Well, some of it. Yes. Um, <laughs> some of it, you, you still need to come to my house if you want to put it down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, well, what? The number starts with 202. Alrighty then. Anyway. <laughs> But what we okay, all right. Me and Enda were talking about this um, after the show last time. Uh, but yeah, uh, the, these men on TikTok—they're sending out messages, targeted messages to black women in these 15, 20 second TikToks, and I see them. I see them. I'm getting them. I'm getting the messages. Now you just need to come over and <laughs> quit playing. Because you can't tell me because I'm still stuck on the computer love TikTok from January. I'm stuck on it because you don't play that song and you don't do that body roll. And you don't <laughs> stick your tongue out and you don't move like you do. To that song, unless you are, it's a mating called a black woman. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Name me a black woman who doesn't love that song. Candace Owens. Stop. Whatever. That's the only one. She's probably lying. So when you when you play that song. 
and you start the video with your tongue out. I saw that. I caught that. It's in the thumbnail. Um, <laughs> I, I studied. I studied it frame by frame. And then you 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 you're dancing all smooth to this black ass song. You're dancing all smooth with your friend in the back, but nobody's really paying attention. Sorry, dude. It's all about the brother on the left. Um, and you do and you. In the back is cute. How I'm dare sorry, you? But it's about the brother on the left because when he hit that body roll, I was like, "Damn, you know he got the hammer, right? <laughs> you know he can put it down." <laughs> and um, I don't know. My my eye was just it was just I was hard to look away from him. But um, that was a targeted attack, and I've watched it five million times. And I don't know what to do with myself because I'm still stuck on it. And that was like six, seven months ago. Um, but then we talked to D, and she had, and she just started sending us TikToks of all these fine ass Pacific Islander men. Mm-hmm. Yo, Pacific Islander TikToks where it's at. They have all the best parties. I mean, <laughs> and they be what is going on? They're like taking over. Well, so like, here's the thing. One of the things I think one of the great things about TikTok is the same thing that was great yeah. about Vine is you have a bunch of people who it's it's a medium where you're not dealing with producers and companies telling you that nobody wants to see nobody's going to understand this joke. Not enough Pacific Islander or not enough black or not enough Asian or not enough Indian or whatever people are going to or not enough native are going to understand this joke. So we can't put this joke on TV. Right. It's just a bunch of regular people being silly on the Internet. So what you get is you get a lot of people who are just being there, just just being like they would with their friends. So you have all of these Pacific Islander dudes who are like literally just hanging out with their buds, making TikTok videos. Or like one of the ones, um, uh, this guy, his name is Mikaele, I think that's how you say his name. He, he, he's Samoan. He lives in Hawaii and he works as a performer at one of the Hawaiian luau kind of things. And so like his TikTok is him you know, teaching people things about Samoan culture, but also just him practicing, doing fire knives and doing all all kinds of other stuff like that. Like these people get to like be in their element and just be themselves. And then they gain these followings from not just other Pacific Islander people, not just other Samoans, but like a bunch of other people who are like, oh, that that's a cool looking thing or that's a cool uh, job that you have or hey, you (laughs) (laughs) fine. And it's, it's 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 great because you get to see a lot of people be genuinely funny and charming mm-hmm. or whatever in their own mm-hmm. elements. And so like and then also like that the the targeting issue, because here's the thing on Twitter, there was a specific period of time where a lot of East Asian and Southeast Asian dudes were using thirst to build their mm-hmm. platform. So like they were on literally twitter flirting Mm. with black girls because they knew that would Mm. build them a following and then once they got on all of a sudden uh, well i'll say once they got on and pr got a hold of their twitter accounts all of a sudden they're not you know targeting themselves to black Mm. girls anymore but i don't even think that's the case with tiktok i think tiktok is like tiktok is like dudes 
these dudes are being their genuine mm-hmm. selves and like having fun and like yeah like a lot of the stuff that they're dancing to is black music but i mean come on we make danceable ass music for one yeah (laughs) and for two a lot of a lot of people a lot of oppressed people find solace in black american music because a lot of our music comes from us dealing with our own Mm -hmm. oppression so like you have a lot of like samoan dudes or indigenous australian dudes who love hip-hop music or korean dudes like Mm k-pop is a thing because there was hip-hop music spoke to them in a way that was someone out there understands how I feel about being in my situation. Even if they don't quite get everything, even if they don't quite understand everything, that's where they, that's, it's a link for them. It's, it speaks to them in such a way. It's, it's why I cry when I see hakas because I don't understand what a haka is, but I can see the emotion behind it and I can see like the power behind it. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get that part. And I feel like it's the same thing in reverse. And like, you know what? I'm glad that you were sitting there making silly videos mm-hmm. with your homies because you think it's fun and you're doing your dances and you're making your faces and you're sticking your tongue out because you get to have that fun with your friends. But also I get to sit here on my end and be like, hi, how you doing? <laughs> you know, doing what's your yeah. name? You look so nice. Yeah. Oh, but how you are you? the hakas and I remember when all of the protests started, I, I was seeing like, I think they were in New Zealand or so doing the hawkers for Black Lives Matter. You know, that was just, Ooh. I'm just sitting there like, oh my God, thank you for that. Yeah. And also, I, I do, yeah. like, also you will see, like, people doing, like, traditional Polynesian dances to hip hop, and that shit, it mm-hmm. works. Okay? It just works. Yeah, it does. Well, and it's, I, it's got to be yeah. a rhythm thing. Yeah. Like any culture yes. that drums is a big yes. part of their music, they yep. they hip hop sits yep. right in there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> because there's actually there's actually a girl she does i think it's she well actually she does a, like several different types of like indian asian indian mm-hmm. dances so she does like bagra and she does bollywood and she does a bunch of other things right and like she does sometimes she does them to, like pop songs but like she'll also do the hip-hop mm-hmm. songs and i'm like this yep. fits really yep. well <laughs> yep yeah okay so you were saying there's a way to thirst follow <laughs> okay so here's the thing since i've been on tiktok here since i've been on tiktok i am un i am unashamed of the fact that i will thirst follow people not Mm -hmm. on twitter and tiktok is probably for the same reason not on twitter but i'll thirst follow people on instagram in a heartbeat if you cute i want to see how cute you are that's just me i'm sorry (laughs) sorry but so like the, the great part about Instagram is most of Instagram is pictures. I mean, there are videos, but the videos are fairly short, right? So it's mostly pictures. So you get to see how cute people are, but you don't have to hear them talking. Not to say that talking is bad. The problem is TikTok gives you up to a minute to say some stuff, and you can say a lot of stuff that is unsexy mm-hmm. yeah. in a minute. And so what ends up happening is, is, I see somebody doing something on TikTok. They're doing a little TikTok dance. They're doing a little TikTok joke. And I'm like, oh, they're cute. I'm going to follow you. And then three videos later, they say something low-key homophobic or low-key racist. They're a little bit bigoted. And I'm like, you ruined it. Unfollow. You ruined it. And so like that, basically what I've learned is don't follow white dudes. It's not worth it 20% of the time. 5% 
forty percent of the time. Seventy <laughs> percent of the time, it's not worth it. It's not worth it because it's because like, or if you're gonna follow them, see a couple of their videos and see what they're talking about first. Because uh, one of the things that white dudes on TikTok tend to do is a lot of them. If they're on straight TikTok. Also, there's a bunch of subsections mm-hmm. of TikTok that you kind of just fall into based on what you're liking on TikTok, mm-hmm. but that's a whole other story. So, like, they tend to fall into casual homophobia a lot sometimes. Or they um, steal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. In all honesty, yes. <laughs> um, um, when you're going to TikToks of mm-hmm. color, um, most of them are pretty good. Sometimes you fall into the casual homophobia, but I am finding that usually black girls are usually really good mm. good follows. Um, uh, white lesbians, white femme lesbians are doing pretty mm. good. White butch lesbians, oh, not really? so much. Well, because this is the thing. Well, because white butch lesbians do this thing. They love biting their lip on uh, TikTok. And it's cute the first yeah. couple times. But then after a while, it's like the same uh, video over and over. And okay. you're like, oh, this isn't fun. You're not giving me no variety. <laughs> okay. You're not giving me You're not giving me visuals. It's the same thing over and over again. Um. So, yeah. So, what you have to do is you have to find people who um, don't do too much talking because they tend to get themselves into a bad place um, that are being extremely goofy um, oh, and that have like a profession. Like if they are on there because they take photos, if they're on there because they do, I don't know, cement sculptures, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually a good fault. Cause you, cause one, it's relaxing to watch yeah. them make their thing, but also they're usually just like, this is my thing. And then you get to see them be really cute and excited and mm-hmm. doing their work. And that's a way better thirst follow than following somebody because they're cute and then finding out that they're yeah. a racist. All right. Okay. Well, thanks for the, for the tip, but yeah. also, yeah, some of these some of these men need to call me. Dear Pacific Islander Twitter, Dust Daughter would like to talk hey. to you. Uh, <laughs> dear Pacific Islander Twitter, who cooks? And I want to oh, talk to you, <laughs> girl. Mm, so many. So well. Whew, yeah, so many. There's so many chefs. Mm. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. I'm being inappropriate. I'll stop. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, this that is, is where what this we get inappropriate. For. Yeah. This is exactly um, what this is for. Yes. So uh, yeah, you, you see the messages. Yes. Um, uh, I would like to see what you're working with. And. <laughs> <laughs> Because the way you move, you, the way you, the way you dancing, Ooh. it's looking like it's good. It's Every time good. I just stop and look at it, I have to just repeat it several times because I can't stop watching it. <laughs> I cannot. It's oh, there's so many. There's so many. There's so many. Like if that, if that, if that's the just the tip of the. If that video is great mm-hmm. for you, get on TikTok. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Oh God. Oh, God. 
You got 45 days. Get it done. <laughs> oh, it would have to be 45 days. That would have yeah. to be the fucking number. Anyway. Um, no. <laughs> woman is vocab. <laughs> okay. Uh, woman is vocab. Done this one before, but just to give us that brief kind of uh, reminder. Agency. Agency simply means the degree of control one has when it comes to making decisions and acting in the world. Agency is not strictly about personal decisions, but about navigating through cultural and social power structures. A person with agency is allowed to act for their own reasons. Agency. And yeah, of course, inspired by WAP. Hey. Want me to sing it again? Here we go. Love that's it. Some holes in this. There's some holes in this house. There's some holes. Okay. Um, that has been our show. Uh, this is Black Girl Squee. We're on Twitter. We're on Tumblr. We're on Apple Podcasts and other places. If you use our RSS feed, you can find Enda at Enda's Corner. You can find me at Dust Daughter. You can find D at Nani Cool J. Uh, you can find... <coughs> Our podcast at Black Girl Squee, and you can find Nerdgasm Noir at Nerdgasm Noir, right? Nerdgasmnoir.net. Okay. Um, our email address is blackgirlsquee at gmail.com. And uh, you can find all of our episodes up at blackgirlsquee.simplecast.com. So until next time, bye. 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 <laughs> Right. Yeah. Somebody 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 had the spirit of a mediocre white man up on Zencaster trying to trying to shut down our conversation. We still talking though. We still talking. <laughs>